I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome back to the Coach HP Show. We got about three episodes, three episodes left. Then we add one on top of that, probably five episodes Four or five episodes left for the year. I'm excited about every single one of these people that I have on. They all have special stories. They're all crushing it, killing it in their own way. If you hear that noise in the background, that's my, I think it's my dryer going, which I'm not going to stop this for no dryer for nobody. Nobody gets in the way of positivity of this show. Super excited about today's guest. My man's from Alaska, born in Alaska. Lives in San Diego, West Coast guy, name, surfing, golfer. Two super cool things, two super cool, super unique things. One of the best golf coaches in the country, coaches celebrities like my man Canelo, like Steph Curry, to name a few. Very interesting outlook on life. Is also a baseball coach because his son plays baseball. So a lot of things that we can connect to, we share in this conversation with the one and only, the surfing golfer. That's right, the surfing golfer, my man Aaron Dexheimer, in today's episode of the Coach HP Show. Let's We go three, two, one, boom, and we're on. Dude, you rarely meet a guy that's a surfer, and you <laughs> rarely meet a guy that's a that's a golfer, right? You are both, bro. Okay, absolutely. Which is two subcultures on their own, right? Being a San Diego guy, have you always been from San Diego? Ah, uh, so yeah, I, I lived in San Diego pretty much my whole life. I was born in, uh, I was actually born in Alaska. No way. So I, uh, yeah, man. My my mom and dad, uh, when they met, they were both went to Alaska. My dad was from Virginia. My mom was from California. So they met in Alaska. And I was born in Alaska. And uh, I moved to San Diego when I was five. So I've pretty much lived here my whole life, you know? I've been, dude, I was in San Diego in October. People say the best climate in the world is in San Diego. You agree with that or no? All right, let me just tell you this. Today is December 1, right? Yeah. I don't know where mo- most people live, but it was 77 degrees for about, ah, let's call it mid-70s for a good seven hours straight while I was teaching today. You can like, look at my face, man. I still got a t- look at who gets a tan line on December 1st. Dude, talking, <laughs> talking about tan lines, right? I'm, I don't got the good hair like you, buddy. I'm bald. So I, <laughs> I struggle because 
when I'm out there, I it's hard to look cool because the cool look is uh, is the hat. But I think I got to rock because if I wear glasses, then I get the then I get the what's that thing called, bro? The raccoon tan. So yeah, I have to yeah, wear like, like sure. some kind of bucket hat kind of thing, whatever, bro. You don't get worried about tan lines at all? So, look, man, this is it's funny because I always, as winter approaches and I forget that it's 50 degrees in the morning when I show up by 1030, 10, it's 75 degrees. And I, usually right. in the summertime, I, I rock the big straw hat. You know, I rock the gardener style hat that you see um, and I'll wear that, sunglasses, and I always always wear my sun sleeves i mean always shout out to my boy sam Yee at story golf sleeves man they're the best and and yeah. i've started wearing these sun sleeves that uh i mean if you look at my arm that's not really tan for being in the sun every right. single day so i started wearing these sun sleeves and it, as i have you know grown smarter in my older age that it's like man you got to protect yourself because the sun is you're not stronger than the sun that'll mess your skin up it's brutal dude it's brutal man so <laughs> so i'm here in miami right you guys over there what you don't have that's amazing is you have no humidity so that's like <laughs> special right not like not like in miami i'll tell you that man <laughs> i mean so, so, don't get it wrong in the summertime i'd say we get days where it's you know 90 and for you you're gonna laugh but i say like 75 80 percent humidity which is probably a nice day for you guys right but right. It, it gets humid in the summer but like right now no right now it's the best you so growing up in San Diego, bro. Were you a golfer growing up? What did you do when you were young? What did you play? So I was all sports but golf. I grew up baseball, football, basketball, played all the sports up until my 10th grade year of high school. I actually picked up golf. My my father is a was a commercial salmon fisherman in the summertime. Mm -hmm. in alaska and so i didn't live with my dad i live with my mom so when the summer i would go with my pops when i was about started about nine ten years old i go be up there in alaska for two months and commercial salmon fish with him and i mean i learned so much in my life through through all that of like what well, hard work and you know staying up late and doing your thing but one day when i was about four i think i was 13 about to turn 14 in the summertime and my dad said hey uh let's go to the golf course and i used to always just I don't want to go. I don't go. And one day I said, like, let me go. And so I went with him and, and it was like, my, my whole goal was to hit it over the back net at this golf course where I learned to play golf in Soldotna, Alaska called Birchridge. It was 250 yards. And I remember it. I mean, you got to remember this is 1994. You guys wow. might be aging myself. So I'm like, I'm going to hit it over that back net. And this isn't when we had big drivers and balls to go far, but I sat there for like two hours and I finally got one. And then the next day I said to my dad, Hey, can we go back again? Can we go back again? And then, we went a couple of days and I was like, let me try this. Let me try to go play on the golf course. And it, that, I mean, in Alaska, you're in the trees, you're losing balls. And, and I just got hooked, man. I, I told my pops every time we weren't fishing, I was like, let's go to the golf course. And I finally told him, I was like, Hey, uh, my birthday is at the end of the summer. Before I go home to San Diego, I was like, do you think for my 14th birthday, you can buy me a set of golf clubs? And he's like, yeah, of course. What well, if you want a golf clubs? And I was like, right on. So I got these clubs and I went nice. back to San Diego. I went back to San Diego and I would play golf, go to the golf course every single day, but this is during football. So I'm freshman year playing football at Patrick Henry where I grew up and uh, I'm playing JV football and uh, 
and I would go from football practice on two days to the golf course and practice in the middle and go back to two day football and go back to the golf course. No way. And that's, that's how I fell in love with, but, but I still played my, my freshman year of sports. Um, and, and, uh, played all my sports and sorry, that was my, my sophomore season that I said that about the golf thing. And then I just said, you know what, man, I was like, I don't need to play football anymore. I just want to play golf. (laughs) And all my friends are like, are you crazy, man? Like, you could play football, you could do baseball. And I was like, nah, I just want to play golf. And I, I stopped and I was like, my whole goal was I'm going to make golf scholarship in two years. Now, it, I, I'm proud of what I did because I got a golf scholarship to go to Division One school. But you that's all I did. I went to University of Nevada in Reno for two years. And then I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for two years. So I would practice and, and, and you know, as you know, that, getting to a division one school, you get recruited from seventh, eighth grade. I mean, I just, I just started playing golf in 10th grade. And I told my basketball coach, who was the golf coach at the time, I said, Hey, can I try out for the golf team? And he's like, how long have you played golf? And I said, like six months. I said, but I promise you I can break 40. And you only play nine home matches in high school. And he's like, and, and I got myself in trouble on the baseball team. I couldn't play varsity my 10th grade year when I played the year before. And I was like, Hey, I quit. I'm going to play golf. Told my coach, I said, I could break 40. And I, I went out shot 38. He's like, you play golf for six months. And I practice every single day. And, and by then I told my dad, I said, I'm going to go to college for free. I'm not going to pay for anything. And that's how I fell in love with golf. It was every single day. I would practice all day long. And I did. Dude, that's, that's, that, that's a good story, bro. What position did you play in baseball? Center field, man. I played center field. Um, I was super fast and loved, loved the like, run and center field was my spot what was your 60 time uh so i ran a, i didn't have a 60 time but i, I ran a four two six i mean a four two six a four four six forty in my uh my 11th grade year of uh, high school when what year did you graduate high school 1998 i did play basketball though i never stopped i played i played my 12th grade season of basketball i mean i i i I like to say I wasn't that good at basketball because I know what my friends that went on to play basketball, but I mean, uh-huh. I could play. I mean, and could you dunk? Deep. Yeah, man. I had like a 39 inch vertical. I'm six foot two. So it was easy. No way, bro. Listen, I'm six yeah. foot two and I could touch the rim if I'm lucky, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. And it was funny for me because like when I was in high school, man, uh, we had good sports in my school because um, where I went to school in San Diego, we, we became one of the schools where they would bus in the kids from inner city. So we had, we had every ethnic, ethnic background at our school, nice. black, white, Mexican, Asian. And you can only imagine that they would bring 11 buses a day to our school. So we had all the ballers, basketball, football, baseball. It was so fun, man. It was, it was a blast to play sports with these guys. And like I always say, I wasn't that good, but because some of my friends on the team would play college basketball and stuff, but. I just, I loved playing basketball. It was, it was super fun. And for me, it was like basketball can be played in a way where you don't need to score baskets to help your team. And I always loved to hustle and run and get rebounds. And that was my thing. Like, I'm going to get rebounds. I'm going to throw it to you guys. And I'm going to be on the break every time. So if you see me, throw it. Dude, that is so funny, man. I, I started recently, I started to work with, uh, what's his, Carlos Boozer's son. Remember Carlos okay. Boozer? So Carlos he- Boozer's actually from Alaska. You know that? You know what? I think he was telling me, Teddy, because I was getting his history. And yeah, it was so, Alaska. so interesting, bro. He has he has a son who's a sophomore. 
And then he has, I think, two twins that are freshmen, different schools. And it's just crazy, man, that you see guys that big. And and it's 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 incredible, bro. You mentioned something that's interesting there, Aaron. You said you practice every day because you got hooked and you you just do it, right? As an instructor. Do you see that also in the people you train? Because looking at you, do you work more with older dudes or you work more with younger kids or is it a mix? So obviously I I teach some high-level athletes, you know, that don't play golf. I teach, uh, I teach regular people too. I mean, I love teaching golf and I teach professional golfers too. I teach guys that play on the corn Ferry tour. I don't have any guys that play on PGA tour yet coming soon though. I promise you that I will. 100%. I teach, I teach some of, uh, some high level college golfers. So I, I teach from, from all spectrums, you know, I, I mean, I have a few friends that aren't very good at golf. I mean, when I say that like mid, mid, 12 to 15 handicap. I don't really right. teach much higher, higher than that. But to me, it, it's, it doesn't matter because look, I'm, I'm giving them tools to help them succeed. And, and I love watching that because there's, for me, teaching people things and, and seeing them improve is what drives me. I mean, you don't have to be a professional golfer for me to teach you, but if you, if, if I teach you one thing today and I watch you leave with a smile and I made your day better, man, you made my day better too. That's huge, bro. That is huge, man. What mistake do you see the majority of your guys making? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I think that maybe we can uh, we can be. This can go for all sports. And as, as I watch it, is people are so driven by now success of like I want it right now, when they don't realize that sometimes right now takes five years to get there. Like I, I, the, one of the favorite, one of the coolest things that I read, um, was, was like, a, a about Usain Bolt. It was, it was a meme or something, but it said, um, I ran a total of like one minute and something seconds in my career that made me a hundred million dollars, but it took me 20 years to get there of training. Right. And people don't, people don't understand it. Like, look, if you put your mind that I'm going to change this. And it doesn't happen in the time frame that you did. Why would you quit? Because you're closer to where you wanted to get than where you started. So keep going because that that in itself is sometimes it just don't happen the way that you see it. But if you don't stop or if you give up because you get frustrated because it's not happening right now, then man, you gotta you gotta look back in the mirror and realize that hey, stick to the process. It's gonna hey, get you there. A thousand percent, bro. You look like you have like a real cool personality, man. You know, like, oh, like yeah, like, like you're a guy's guy, but you seem very empathetic and you're passionate about it. That characteristic, did you get that from your dad or from your mom? You know, I think, I, I, I think I get it from my mom, you know, my, and, and the empathetic side and, you know, like the, the caring and passionate side is look, man, when I was, uh, when I was 20 years old, Unfortunately, my mom passed away from cancer. So um, I grew up with my mom. I was, a, I was a mama's boy. She was always there. Every sporting event that I did, she was there. Every golf tournament that I played, once I started playing golf, she would come. And, uh, you know, I learned at a young age that, uh, you know, caring for people and compassion is, is, is something that, you know, everybody needs, you know. And so 
I, I think that I think that when people feel your genuine side of you, when you're trying to teach them something, you know, and, and they, they understand that what you're saying is you care about helping them and you're not just there to like maybe boost your ego or, or post something on their internet. It means a whole lot more, you know? And, uh, and in, in far as ter terms of teaching golf for me, one thing that makes it very relatable to like even the best golfers that I teach is look, I played professional golf for seven years. So everything I'm telling these guys, Hey man, I've experienced it. I know what it's like to have the shake in your hands. Right. I, I know what it's like to feel pressure. So it's, so it makes it for me easy to um, under give them understanding of what they're feeling and how to deal with it. Dude, that is, that is crazy, man. To, to lose somebody at 20 is, and it seems now, I don't know how you, obviously, I don't know how you took it during the time, but it seems like you've been able to deal with that pretty well, like see, see a positive out of that. You know what? So this is a, this is like a story. My sister is my, uh, I have two sisters. I have one full sister and one half sister. And so my full sister, um, her name is Miley. She was going to college at Cal Poly at the time. And this will explain to you how I got to Cal Poly. I was going to school at University of Nevada, Reno, and it was a different, a different culture than where I grew up in San Diego, you know? And I had a few choices on where I wanted to go, went on a couple of recruiting trips and then decided to go to Reno. But instead of going on my recruiting trip to Reno, I don't want to make the story too long. I got to laugh about this stuff. At the time when I was in high school, I worked at the San Diego Padres game. Well, in 1998, the Padres played the Yankees in the World Series, and my recruiting trip was supposed to be during uh, game three. They got swept, bro. They got, they got, <laughs> but don't, look, look, let's not talk about that. We're talking about the story. <laughs> so, so I called up the, I called up the golf coach in Nevada, and if he watches this podcast, I hope he laughs 20 years later. And I said, hey, I can't make it to my recruiting trip. I had a family emergency. Cause I worked at the stadium and I was making good money and I'm a baseball, I'm a huge sports fan. So I go to the world series and I just tell my dad, damn, the coach arena is nice. I want to go there. So my pops and me, when we drive up there, we don't even take a trip to Reno. I'd never been there in my life. And I drive all the way to Reno and we get there in August. We drove to the middle of the night and I look out the window and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? What did I, mean, I, get I, live, into huh? I live on the beach in San Diego. I surf every day. So I'm at Reno and, and here's where um, it happens is, my mom gets really sick with cancer and my dad calls me up and goes, Hey, you need to go. You need to go home. Your mom's not doing so well. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, go home and see your mother. After I knew she, this is only two months, three months after I found out she had cancer. So I go home. My mom's like a different person that I saw three months ago. I'm like, Holy shoot. So I go back to Reno. And uh, this is like two weeks later, my dad calls me and goes, Hey, your sister's like, doing really bad in school like my sister is an AP student in high school and doing amazing like never got anything less than an A uh -huh. and she almost she almost fails out of her first year at Cal Poly and then my dad says hey you need to go back home now no finals go see your mom and you might be the last time you see her I'm like oh my goodness so I go home I see my mom she's like about to pass away my dad I said my, my mom tells me hey you go back to school right now and take your finals I don't want you here one more day so I go back to Reno and take my finals and I walk into my coach's office without telling anyone. And I said, Hey, I need to transfer. And he's like, at the time, I think we're like in the top 20, maybe top 30. We're a good school wow. playing in good tournaments. And he says, tell me, uh, tell me where you want to go. And I said, I want to go to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They'd started a golf team the year before they were the worst team in division one. And he says, why do you want to go to Cal Poly? And I go, look, man, I go, I don't, 
I don't want to get too in detail, but my sister's about to fail out of school and my mom is about to die. And I look, that's all I said to him. I said, my mom maybe has another month to live. I said, can you please sign my release form and let me go to this other school? And I mean, my coach was tough and strong and he's, and he just looked at me like almost searing his eye, pulled his pen out, signed it. So that was the best thing I ever seen anybody do. I said, I need to go be at school with my sister. And my sister, after that, me and my sister were there and she just did amazing in school. She got like straight A's the next four years. And it was, it was, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to deal with in my life, losing your mom when you're young, because you can't really process it and realize what life is about when you're 20 years old. I mean, at any time when people die, it's hard, but when you're young and you're growing up and you're trying to figure out your way in the world, and then the only person that you pretty much grew up with, my pops was in the summertime. Yeah, but my mom, right. and then, but I got to be with my sister. So we were there together for the next two and a half years at school together every single day. So when I would cry, I'd call her, and when she would cry, she'd call me. And it's not like we were far, so we were together. We'd hang out all the time. Oh, that's cool. And man, uh, man that, that uh, impacted my life, like, in a way that like if you if you follow me on social media or you see or you know anything about me and look at my hat i still rock pink i rock a pink wristband every single day of my life and it's uh it's just to remember my mom man and to remember people that are affected by it because that stuff that hurts man it hurts everybody and uh it's just my way of kind of bringing my mom along with me and everything in my life i mean i'm 41 years old now so that was more than half my life ago but it's like hey sorry right, man we're not gonna let this one get us down it's gonna be good thoughts and stuff like that that is awesome man see how it's people don't understand that it's it's a mental i always get people always tell me i i think i was i was born with like a weird positivity gene like like i always see the positive and everything but i also practice that like i train myself to be positive a lot of times, you know, and I think what you talked about there is you decided to make a choice. You know, you knew it sucked. What you were going through sucked. I don't know anything about Reno. I lived in Las Vegas for four years. I don't know the Reno scene or whatever, but to make a choice to go to some other school after you were doing good and stuff, man, that's, that's crazy, dude. Do you, do you ever miss being a golfer, like a player golfer? I, uh, look, I miss enjoy. I enjoy the competition side of it. I enjoy teeing it up, trying to make a score. Um, I actually played a golf to one. I played one golf tournament this year, uh, a little pro-am up in Alaska. The first tournament I ever played in as a pro, I haven't missed it one time since I turned pro no when way. I was 20, 23 years old. Yeah. I play, I, no matter what I'm doing, I always fly back to Alaska and play in this golf tournament. No matter what, if and I mean, not this summer, but the summer before, I was in Alaska for a three-day tournament for four days. I always support. I always support Alaska golf. I mean, I try my best. I know that my life has led me in a a different direction of where it used to be because I used to spend my summers in Alaska commercial salmon right, fishing. Right, right, right. So even no matter what, I get on an airplane and I fly up there and I play in that tournament. So I played in that tournament this summer. But to me, man, when people ask me this, like, hey, so for instance, I shot. 64 in the first round of this tournament this year then the next day i took everything under my i, I, I could do to shoot even par now wow. most people think and my friends are all saying dude you shoot 64 like you could still play you could still play now to me this is my mindset on playing a professional sport 
look, if when you wake up in the wake up every morning and you look in the mirror, if you're not doing everything you possibly can do to be the best that you could possibly be, you're you're cheating yourself and you're cheating the sport. Right. So you shouldn't right. you shouldn't do it. So for me, I enjoy practicing. I enjoy uh, playing golf. But but I know in my mind that that switch of you know, are you going to do as much as you can today to be the best golfer is not there anymore. My, 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 my that, that switch for me is what are you going to do to be the best golf coach to help the person standing in front of you? And, and I'm fortunate enough to still be around it. I mean, I had two guys make it to the finals and they're on the corn Ferry tour now. So um, it's, it's great for me to be with these guys that are high level golfers because I'm still with them. <laughs> the only bad part is now I get more nervous because I don't control the outcome. Right. I just control what I teach them. And I always say to them, Hey man, I don't hit the good shots and I don't hit the bad shots. Right. So, so I can't take claim for either. So you can't blame me for the bad ones. Cause I'm not taking claim for the good ones. Right. right. Cause, and, and they, they agree with it, but I, I love, uh, I just love like reading books about Kobe Bryant and, and what he talked about, like, Hey, the, the dream end goal of your is not really what you think it is until you finish. Because I love what he said about when he retired, like, Hey, my goal was not my goal. Yeah. Maybe was to put my Jersey in the rafters, but as I went through it, now the dream is the process of working hard and getting better every day, you know? And, and uh, when, I guess when people lose that, you know, that mindset of it, then it's time to walk away from it. And for me, that was my, my, my time, you know? That's awesome, man. What do you think, Aaron, makes you such a good golf coach, man? I think it's, I think to me, look, everybody is the best golf coach for somebody. Like no matter what, it, it don't matter if, if you're on the top of the list that says you're the best golf coach or not. But for me, it's being able to communicate with people, to be understanding. You know, I could say, one thing to you and you not understand it but if that one thing i'm trying to get to you is what i want to get to you then i got to figure out a different way to say it right. and there's 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 20 different ways to say something and uh and it's just understanding the person that's standing in front of you like if i'm teaching a baseball player and i'm trying to teach him a golf move and now all of a sudden i i i, I throw as i throw something at, a baseball move at him or if I'm teaching a boxer, I'd say a boxing move so that they can understand it. Now all of a sudden, boom, their light bulbs go off, you know? And, and, and I just, I like, you know, trying to see, like, if someone's not getting it, all right, how do I say what I'm trying to say in a different way to make them get it? You like that to break to your me, head, huh? Yeah, man, it's fun. And also like to like, one of the, one of the other things is you got to know cause and effect. And, you know, I'm not, my favorite part about coaching is telling something to someone about what they need to work on and then not even telling them how we're going to fix it, but start talking about something else. And then you show them a video and you go, look, I already fixed it. I'm like, how the hell did you do that? I go, because you just got to know what's going to happen next. Right. Right. If you, if you fix this, what's going to happen. Right. And then sometimes trying to fix what you're telling them, they can't do it. So then go through the process of what happens before that make a little adjustment and fix it. That to me is bro. That's awesome, man. What's the youngest age you work with? Um, you know, I got a couple kids that are like six, not, not anymore. I, I stay like, try to stay like around nine to 10, nine to 10. Yeah. Because it's real. It's, it's, uh, I like to, 
teach kids. Don't get me wrong. I teach my son when he was, I, I don't really teach him. I just teed up for him. I tell him swing hard, keep it balanced. <laughs> but uh, I like to just, I like to, uh, I like to teach him maybe right around eight, and nine, you know, because I feel like their bodies are so, so limber when they're little. And so, and it's hard to keep little kids attention for a while, you know, tell me about but it. I, <laughs> yeah, it's keeping those little kids attention but but the joy on their face man i remember taking my son he doesn't golf very much i wish he golfed more and he uh it, i remember taking him and just teeing him up for him hey just swing as hard as you can but make sure you don't fall over keep your balance and you just rip him try to hit him as far as you could 50 60 70 yards you know what would you see play any sports your son yeah my son plays baseball what? He, uh, he he play he plays baseball he He's been asking me to put him on a football team. He loves football. He'll go to the beach and throw footballs all day long. He's he used to race BMX bikes. He he loves all he? sports. He's 10. He plays on the travel baseball team here in San Diego. What size bat does he use? 28. What what bat is he using now? He plays on a wood bat league. He plays on a wood bat league already? Yeah, dude. He plays with 11 year olds. He plays 11 you. Bro, I so here's here's a little. I don't, know, I don't know if you know any of my history, man, but I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball by far, by far, right? Okay. And I'm from Cuba. All right. And my dad prepared me for everything in life except to deal with him. So my dad, in essence, is like let's say Earl Woods but on steroids. So yeah. when I would fail, my dad would just beat the shit out of me in front of everybody at the house, like just real bad, bro, like really bad, right? And it was crazy because I'm doing everything this guy's asking of me. He's obsessed with this thing. And I just, he, and it's funny because you said something earlier that's interesting. You said, listen, I've been on the field. I've been on the course. I know what it's like to have the hand shaking. I've had, at the plate, the cotton mouth that you, you, because you're so nervous, my eyelashes will, will flicker, you know, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. But my dad never played it. He played basketball in Cuba a little bit, and then he learned baseball through watching it on TV. Very technical, but he didn't know that. But what that did was, ironically, it, it I built this positivity mindset And I always knew that once I could ever get away from him, that I would completely change my whole life. I view, and I don't know if you view, view sports the same way. For me, sports is a relationship play. It's always been that. Like the relationships you build through the sports. And if you ask anybody what they miss of the sports is fucking around with the guys in the dugout, in the clubhouse, that kind of stuff. And... I failed my career for a million reasons. I, when I got to high school, let's say instead of golfing or instead of hitting, like, let's say like Christian Yelich now, before he won the MVP, I'm a tall guy. I'm six foot two, but I'm, I was more of a contact guy and hit the ball the other way. I would try to hit like Bryce Harper, try to hit bombs at home or, or be like Fernando Tatis, be that guy. One that doesn't go with my personality at all. And that destroyed my whole career, right? So but what that enabled me to do was 
I'm able to relate to people in a way that I, that most people don't because I'm super empathetic to the journey that people are on and I lower their expectations in my brain. So anything they do is a positive, right? Do you coach your 11 year old son or somebody else coaches him? In which sport? Baseball, baseball. or golf? Baseball. I do. Well, so on the travel ball team, I don't. On his little league team that we just played, yeah, I coach him. You coach him? How's that yeah. experience? It's obviously, it's if you understand, you know, anything about being a parent, it's, it's different to coach your kids. So, like, we go to the golf course and just teaching golf to him. Like, he, he'll, I'll let him do whatever the hell he wants to do at the golf course until he gets to the point where he's like, Screw it. I want to go home because I suck. That's when you stop right. it. Okay. You think so? All right. Now let me give me give me five minutes. Okay, bro. Let me teach you something for five minutes. And then next thing you know, his screw it driver that's going hundred yards. Now he's hitting it 180 yards straight. And he's like, and then he looks at you like, hey, hey, teach me more. I go, these people don't come to me for no reason, bro. And I don't <laughs> teach the best athletes for no reason. And then he gets it. So baseball is kind of the kind of was the same way and he had a manager of his team who picked the team and then I coached with the manager and we were soup we became good friends and uh he kind of knew who I was already and I just coaching my son along helping all the other kids and the, and the coach is like all right you know a lot uh, yeah I know a lot Played all sports my whole life like I'm good so my son doesn't want to listen to me First practice, second practice. All right, it's okay that you're the best kid on the team. I'm just going to let you slide until the other. Well, hold on. Okay, what are you telling him though that he's not listening? Is it go hit the ball so, the other so, way, or what are we looking at here? If it's stance or fielding position or this or that, like he's the one that just thinks because he's the best kid on the team, and my dad's telling me what to do, I'm just going to screw around until <laughs> you make two or three errors in the field, or you, right. you, you know, don't hit it like you should or you strike out and then his other coach walks up to him and goes hey your father has not said one thing to you this year that is wrong you listen to your dad right and so it's still kind of a 50 50 battle when i try to coach him because you know i think it's uh until your kids or or you as your as the kid to your father like understands and you get that connection of like hey he really knows what he's saying Right, and you know we, we go through things in our life that we look back and go, "Damn, my dad was right." Of my, course, my of dad, course, my dad was wrong. But until your kids kind of you got on that same level, it's like it's a little bit harder. But I, I enjoy it because, hey, if he's gonna yell at me, I would rather coach him the right way and him yell at me than watch someone coach my own kid that doesn't really coach him correctly Absolutely. and they, they they fail. What because at least I know that. So he plays, he plays shortstop, second base. Uh, um he pitch and he pitches and literally on his travel ball team though he plays he plays center field because he's he's the fastest kid on the team and he catches really well and he's just got that innate sense in how to run in the outfield he's he's look look for literally he's a good player um when there's four good kids or five good kids on the team he's good to play infield because you want to play infield on the best players but when you get a squad of nine and everybody's on the same level. I don't think he's as good as an infielder as some of the other kids, but his outfielding skills because he's fast and he can judge the ball or well, and he throws good. So it's it's cool to see him in the outfield. Listen, he, he has most enjoyment of it. I'm huge fan of grabbing kids and putting them in the outfield. I think that's amazing because you learn 
you could always come to the infield. And you have a, he has a natural jump and the dude's probably gonna be like six, four or something. So he's gonna, and he's fast, bro. So I love, love, love that. Do you work with him on bunting at all or no? We practice bunting. Yeah. We go to the cages and does he bunt for him. a hit? Well, <laughs> he has it. Cause he's been playing. He's been playing little league. Like he played two years of, he played one year of travel and then stopped during COVID and then went back to little league. So he didn't start playing until he was eight. So in he hits so well, I can't really tell him to bunt in little league. I could tell him I make, but when we go to the cage, the first 15 to 20 pitches that come out, you better bunt. bunt. Do you throw at him at all or no? Yeah. So we'll go to the, we go down to the, we go down to the park here because we live right on mission Bay in uh, San Diego. We go, I got, I got balls and we throw, but look, let me show you something. Let me see how I switch this camera around. How do I fit the angle? Look where we live. We got the hitting net right oh, here. Oh, wow. You put it in the house, bro, in the crib. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we live right on the bay and I live in a condo. And so we just set it up right here behind me. The net comes right here and he hits them off. Like, and he told me the other day, he's like, Hey, I want to be a, I want to be a better hitter. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's go get a batting lesson. Like the batting cages, my friends run the batting cages. So my boy, one of my buddies gave him a hitting lesson and he, and he told him, he said, Hey, you know, when you change something, you feel uncomfortable. And I was trying to, and I was like, Kai, if you did this every single day for a week, you wouldn't feel uncomfortable. My son's name is Kai. And and his baseball coach said, Hey, Kai, 700 balls. You're good to go. You'll feel, you'll, you won't feel as uncomfortable. This dude came home, pulled out the net, hit 150 last night. He's already hit a hundred today. He said, I'm going to hit 700 by next Tuesday. Buddy, you guys got the special passion, (laughs) bro. Determination. I I love it, man. And I, I, when he did that, when he came home and he pulled out the net and he said, dad, will you tee him up for me on the tee? And, we sit right here on the chair i said absolutely bro Dude, I, I said i can't i, I can't it. i can't tell every single one of the people that i work with especially like the, the professional golfers because i teach like six of them i said i always tell them you're not gonna outwork me i go if you want to stand on this driving range for, from sun up to sundown into the middle of the darkness i'm gonna stand here you won't outwork me so if my son asked me hey dad will you sit here and team up and he's i got i better say yes is he your only one yeah he's my only son no daughter just a boy just a boy yeah dude that is crazy aaron i'm one year older than you when's your birthday august 4th january 7th dude class of 97 bro yeah you're, you got me by here <laughs> i uh it's so funny everybody wants celebrity clients right how is how did you get your first celebrity how did that happen? How do you find working with them? Talk to me about that. So people ask me this question, or, or I would almost say it like this, like people start to, when they know that you work with celebrities or they know that you know the famous people, that's all they want to ask. You. Because right. most people, when you see people on TV, they think of them more than what they are. Like, for instance, you see Canelo. It's like, oh my God, it's Canelo. Or Steph Curry. Or you know like dave i teach the coach the dodgers dave roberts or like you know what whoever it is man that's not the point and 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 they kind of just freeze a little and for me it's like one thing you have to realize is that they're exactly like you they're just very 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 fucking good at what they do that's something yeah yeah. but but and they're, they're exactly like you look they got the same struggles in life as you 
they got the same, they got they, a lot of the same things that you think about, they think about. And, and people seem to, for some reason, man, they want to relate people who make money with everything's good. When that could be the farthest from the truth. Because just because they make a lot of money or they're good at a sport, that doesn't mean that they, we don't all think the same way. So for Absolutely. me, I treat, the, I treat them all the same. You know, um, how I met Canelo was he's a member at Del Mar Country Club where I teach at. He started golfing maybe six months before I met him. He had a golf coach prior to me, um, a guy that I actually knew. And then one day he walks up to me on the driving range. And now remember, I, I, say, I say hi to Canelo every single time I saw him before I knew him. I, hey, how are you, champ? I asked him in Spanish. You speak English. You speak Spanish? Talk. Not enough, but I can. <laughs> Dímelo, campeón. So, You're like, Dímelo, campeón. <laughs> so I so asked him in Spanish. I said, you speak English? Like, uh, how long have you been playing golf? Like, just the random, random question. And he's like, no, nah, I don't speak English. And okay. So every day, it's like, what's up, champ? Like, what's up, champ? This, this is literally like that. And he walks me in the range one day and he goes, hey, can you, uh, can you teach me golf? And I was like, of course I can. That's what I said. Yeah, of course. When do you want to start? And he goes, you tell me. And I was like, I will start tomorrow. So we'll go two hours. Meet me at this time. So all night, I'm like, how the hell am I going to talk to this dude? He doesn't speak English, man. All right. So I'm going home. I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this. I'm like trying to figure it out. I get to the golf course and I say, hey, champ, don't worry. I'm going to speak slowly so you can understand. I'll speak the Spanish words. And he literally goes, don't worry, man. I speak English what the fuck man you told me you don't speak english <laughs> so so that that was that and and you know what the, the one thing that not to get off what you asked me but the one thing that people of that level understand is they didn't just magically become yeah, or steph didn't just magically become steph or like james shields another guy who i teach a baseball player he didn't just magically pitch 15 years in the major leagues these dudes worked their ass off and when yeah. i say work their ass off you think that you work hard like these people work just as hard as you probably harder. Right. So if you put that mindset with their mindset, cause that's the same way I see things. I already explained it to you earlier about why I don't play professional golf anymore. It's like, dude, we're going to work our ass off for this hour that we're here or two hours or the time. And we're not going to sit here and screw around. And so that's just the way, the, the way it is. And so when, the, when people see you have, you know, like motivation and you love what you do for them they look and they say dude he's got the same mindset as me he's just i'm not on tv or doing that but when you step into my arena and we're teaching golf best believe that i understand the way your mind works because that's the same way that mine works bro i love that man my introduction to golf was super interesting i so i'll tell you real quick so i went from cuba spain for a little bit miami played baseball here Went to North Carolina for a little bit, came back. J-Lo is executive producing a TV show here called South Beach with Vanessa Williams. And I'm like, you know what? I got casted in it. And I'm like, I'm going to become an actor. So I started taking acting <laughs> lessons. I said, I go, this is going to be my life. And bro, I moved to Los Angeles and I lived in a car for six months. Okay. I didn't know anybody. I slept in the Hollywood Hills because I thought that's where the studios were. And I would shower and shave at the Equinox there in Sunset Plaza. And yeah. bro, I really learned there why people go crazy and lose their mind because I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. 
because I thought they were going to steal. People, I was in the, all my belongings were in this 2006 Toyota Corolla. My foot was falling asleep in reverse. It was crazy. And I thought it was sunny California. And it was freezing at nighttime. It was like 40-something degrees. It was cold. crazy. It was cold, 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 cold. But ironically, six months into it, I have my first acting lesson, my acting class. And when I got the professor's flyer, it said, Gary Austin, when Helen Hunt won her Academy Award for as good as she gets, she thanked him. So I go, man, this guy has to be good. He's training an Academy Award winner. This guy's on point. So I go to this dude's class. And he also created something called The Groundlings, which is one of the biggest improvisational theaters in L.A. And when I sat there, the dude is wearing a retro Houston Astros jacket. It is from Corpus Christi, Texas. And he does a baseball analogy. And I'm like, bro, I'm, uh, I'm in. And I started learning and learning and learning. But at the same time, I became a celebrity baseball coach in Beverly Hills. So I started working with celebrities' kids. And more on the mindset side, a lot of the stuff, and then more on the parent side to get them to come. And I had some of the most famous people in the world to sit in a cage and watch their kid hit because I, I care so much of the fact that you're willing to have a, a fucking hit down screen in the middle of your living room, right? With balls that probably smell because they hit and the net, but that you care so much about your son to actually sit there and get uncomfortable and do that. To me, that's huge. And on top of that, the fact that you're a positive dude with them and not a hater, because the hardest thing to do, and what I tell people is, it's very easy for a guy like you that has a lot of achievements and a great personality that you don't lose much, right? But your son is the one guy that'll get to you for him because he's the guy. He's your guy yeah. and whatever, right? But the fact that you're able to kind of maneuver him and get him to where you want to without going through that brutal battle or discussion or, oh, you know what, you don't know what you're doing. Dude, I think you deserve a lot of credit for that, man, because that's not easy. Look, don't get it twisted, man. There's definitely times where I'm like, hey, what the f are you thinking right now, bro? Like, don't you realize I know? Yeah. But, hey, I always like to, like, I see it, it drives me, it drives me, it drives me insane when I go to the baseball games or I go to baseball practice or I go to the golf course. And I see parents just push their kids so hard, like crazy. Hey, look, look, you need to push your kids. Your kids need a fucking kick in the ass if they need a kick in the ass. Right, Don't right. get it twisted. But the to, to sit there and belittle them, say, you suck. I seen it the other day. I went to the, I went to, man, I went to the baseball practice last week. There's a dad there with a cage, with an L cage, throwing pitches to his son, telling him, hey, do this with your hands. Do this with your feet. Do that. And I'm thinking like, for one, you're not even teaching him correctly. And two, you're every single pitch he's yelling at him that he did something wrong. And the dad can't even throw a damn fastball from 20, 40 feet away with the kid can hit it. Like he's bouncing him on home plate. And I almost wanted to say, hey, you need to get the hell out of here. But I, I just, I, do, I don't like when people like belittle their kids. Look, if you've got a 10 year old kid, man, and it makes you feel good to, to make him feel bad because he's not good at it. You need your ass beat. Yeah, you need pretty therapy, bro. You need therapy. Hey, but, for, for, and guys are, the problem is that the majority of the people 
involved and i'm gonna then i'm gonna tell you how i got into the golf world but the majority of the people that are involved around baseball dude know absolutely nothing and also and also some of the ones that are the worst are some of the ones that were the best baseball players but they don't know how to how to deal with kids that don't have the same talent level that they had you know what i mean it's just crazy dude it's real crazy i did that i moved to vegas and my first time ever playing golf, Michael Jordan used to have this tournament in Las Vegas Shadow at Shadow Creek, bro, the Jordan Classic, dude. And I, so I, from there, I failed miserably as an actor. So I moved to Las Vegas, man. And I started off as a promoter at a club called Hyde and the Bellagio. And I lived at the Aria Hotel. And dude, in a year, I moved all the way to becoming vice president of customer development for the company. And I, and I had everybody, I had everybody, the CEO and president of MGM resorts, who I used to work with his son on the side in baseball, pulls me out of the nightclub and says, dude, you got to come into the casino side. I, I see you being president of one of these resorts. One of these days, I was like, fuck man. And I loved it at the club because for some weird reason, I don't drink. I've never done drugs. So the club for me was perfect. I did. It was the most success I've ever seen in my life. I get into the, the, this thing. We go to Shadow Creek. My boss, Tyler Shook, is like this with MJ. So my first round was him, Michael, Ken Griffey Jr., Jerry Rice. And I fell in love with golf. I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world at Shadow Creek. So you can imagine, bro. So I do that. I start taking lessons. I join TPC Summerlin. Good for you. So I'm out there taking lessons at 100 degrees in the Vegas thing. I'm learning, learning, learning. Boom, and Summerlin there. Boom, 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 boom. And then I come to Miami. At that time, golf was going downwards. It was people were stopping playing, whatever. I come back to Miami to marry the love of my life, my wife. And while I'm here, I start this whole YouTube thing, Instagram thing, whatever. And I never play golf again, ever, ever, ever. But in my brain, I always play golf. In my head, I'm playing golf. Just like I love the greenery, I love the scenery, I love the cold trip. I love it in my brain, right? One of my players who I worked with when he was five years old is now one of the best golfers in the country, junior golfers in the Good country. Way. Good for him. The dad reaches out to me because you mentioned this earlier. In baseball, I don't care who the dad is, you still have to, you have to be in the coach's batter's box, the dugout, if you're a coach, or the stands. But in golf, unless you're loaded, the dad's the caddy 90% of the time. So the amount of fighting that goes on between dad and kid with the club, the wrong club, it's a disaster. So this guy brought me in so that I could coach him on how to communicate with his son. That led to my boy, Zach, who <clears throat> he works with a ton of junior golfers. Really, really, really good. He brought me on to do mindset with a lot of kids and their parents. And then I have a, a guy who he built here, Fisher Island. You heard of Fisher Island here? Yeah. So sure he's am. the main builder here, Fisher Island. He brought me in like six times a week to work with his kid and stuff like that, bro. So now I'm in the golf world. And to me, it's, it's amazing. But I, I really like the fact that I could learn from you a lot of stuff because I, I don't, I don't teach swing. I don't know anything about the swing. 
right? But all I teach is expectations, the dealing with failure, the two things you can control is effort and attitude. And to get kids, I think, and I want to ask you this question. I think a lot of people don't, A, they don't practice failing, so they never want to get into it. And B, there's no plan, right? Like maybe a lot of times you'll see it in your kid's team and with your golfers. There's no, there's no plan. There's no approach. What's the pitcher throwing? Do I have to make an adjustment? Two-strike approach. And, and in the golf world, you know? So I'm big on a mental plan. And one of the things I always say is when you enter a plane, even if it's a private one, first thing they go over always is the emergency procedure. Because there's a plan. If this thing goes wrong, people don't listen to it, but there's a plan, right? But we don't talk about things like that. So that's one of the things that, that I love that you talked about because I'm big on that, bro. Big, big. Hey, I tell, uh, my, my thing is like, look, with the people that like, shit, I say this with everybody. But if you, and I get, the, I hear this a lot from amateur golfers and I'll share this story and then I'll share how I relate it to professional golfers. They always say, hey, I start out so good for the first six, seven holes and then I lose it. Okay, what, okay, now stop, time out. Why'd you lose it? I don't, I just, I stopped, I started thinking so much and so fast and, and, and then all of a sudden it drives here, drives there. And then, and then all of a sudden I got it back with like four holes to go. Okay, so what, what happened with four holes to go? I just kind of, I kind of like, I let it go and I just started swinging. Okay, first off, when, when, when you're playing well, right? Your mind is thinking well, right? Your mind is thinking slowly, clearly. Everything comes 90 mile, 95 mile an hour fastball coming down the middle. There's like 50, but all of a sudden when your mind's going, thinking about all six pitches that might come now that patch pitch looks like it's going like 200. And just like a golf shot, when, when you're thinking clearly that 20 yard wide fairway looks like 60, but when you're thinking, Oh shit, there's water on the left and there's bunker on the right and the wind's blowing this way. Now, now all of a sudden it looks like it's this big, but I always say, Hey, as soon as you start to go off, it's, it's all in your mind. You can control all of that. Think slow, play fast. They're like, what do you mean? Okay, think about it. If before you get to your golf ball, you've thought slowly about what you want to do and you go execute what you thought slowly behind the ball before you were standing over the ball and you hit it, it's probably going to go a hell of a lot better than if you think fast and play slow. Get it? So if you stand over the ball and you're think, 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 and you haven't hit it, dude, you're done. That makes so much sense, bro. That makes so much sense, man. And I tell, I tell every single one of the guys that I teach that play professional golf, hey, think slow, play fast. They all know that like to a T. Think slow, play fast. When you're off, when you're worried about what your shot's gonna do, change your mind. Think about how you're gonna make that shot do it instead of if it's going to do it, because if you start to think about hitting a fade in a golf for a right-handed golf would be a left to right shot. Technical golf terms, the club needs to swing more left. The face needs to stay open to create the side spin of the ball. But if you get over the shot as a professional golfer, you should know how to create all these shots because you practice them. Right. But if all of a sudden you get over the shot and you're so worried about where the ball is going to land, step back. Think about how you're going to get it there, and I guarantee you, majority of the time, it's going to get where you're wanting to go a lot better than if you're just worried about where it's going to finish up. At. Dude, I love that, man. I love that. Aaron, what's your favorite type of music? Man, I got. I, I like all, bro. I like all. I like. I like. 
country music. I like hip hop. Did you I have like, a walk up song when you played? No, man. They didn't do that. No, no, no walk up song. So I like, I like, I like reggaeton. Who's your favorite like, reggaeton guy? Who's your favorite reggaeton guy? So I like, uh, I like J Balvin. Nice, bro. Do you have a favorite J Balvin song? I love, I like my G. My G, huh? All right. Because listen, here's why. When I was in Miami with Canelo, J Balvin said to Canelo, I want to walk out with you. I want to. And so J Balvin sang that song as he walked out. Oh, so I, I always like to, I always like to re, re, like think about songs and memories in my mind. So that's a song that sticks in my head. Oh, you know that Peppa song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh, bro. But I, I, I was at the gym the other day. And I was listening to um, I was listening to Bad Bunny Radio on Pandora. Now remember, I don't speak Spanish, but I'll put it on, and I won't even pay attention because I just like the beat. The beat, I yeah, how it words. sounds. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love it. So I'm listening to it, and then all of a sudden, I'm working out, and I hear the, and I'm like, oh, let me save this song real quick. So I asked, hey, this song is sick, and they're like, dude, you're stupid. What the song is about? Party and drugs and all sorts of things. And I just love the beat. So when they came, this to do the uh, the Showtime All Access for his last fight. I had that song on and they loved it so much that after the fight was over at the ring, at the arena, they put it on for the crowd. No way, bro. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome, dude. That is awesome. Dude, and, but, I, hey, I love all forms of music. Like I fall asleep every night on, on my, my uh, Alexa to Sade Radio. There you go, your lover, buddy. I love it, dude. My, I love my it, mom. Man. My mom loved all sorts of music. I mean, she never listened to, to hip hop, but all right, dude. I I can't thank you enough, man, for taking the time. I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished and what you're doing. I, I think we need more people like you. I think I think I think you need to do more in social, bro. I think you got such a good message, man. And if I were you, bro, I would, you need to speak to the camera. I think you need to talk. I think you need to share your stories. I think you need to, I need to, you need a YouTube channel, all these things, bro, because you have, if you were a hater, I wouldn't be telling you this, but you're one of the few guys that has the talent and you got the cool personality with the swag. You got the good look. So bro, you can do so much good and coming at it from a whole different angle, bro. Because you know how it is, man, especially in golf. A lot of these golf guys are like these dork oldie old guys. They're like, hey, do this and do that, whatever. But when you got a cool guy like you talking, bro, I think, and there's a space for everyone. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. and I think you have your niche, bro. And I think it's it's going to be huge if you do that. Huge, 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 bro. Before I let you go, man, anything I can help you with or any questions for me? Man, I appreciate the conversation, dude. I like to, I, I, obviously we didn't know each other. You reached out to me and uh, it's, it's cool to uh, share experiences. I, first off, I appreciate all the compliments you said, man. I, uh, I like to, uh, I like to, you know, success maybe in your eyes, but like to me, like, look, each day we wake up, man, we just got to get better, figure out how it is that we're going to learn more. If, if your job is, 
you know, golf coach, uh, if your job is a mental mindset coach, how are we going to be better to help these people? Because that's what our job is. But I think it's, uh, I, I think, you know, for, from the standpoint of like, man, there's so much hate in this world and people like, like, it's funny that you say you need to do more on social because I almost, uh, I almost resist doing it because I see so much things out there to me. I, the word that I'm going to use is corny people that go on camera and they talk to you like they're trying to be some sort of inspirational speaker and you're like man you're freaking corny dude that's not real what you think but uh yes but hold on. I, i'm gonna call a time out i'm gonna call a time out yes it's absolutely right but <sighs> why uh a ferrari never compares itself to uh to a kia you know what i'm Thank saying you. and what's yes. hap- what, what you're doing to yourself there is you you're so authentic that you can't fake you so what's happening is on the message because majority of people where they make the mistake is they'll use social media to oh my god i can make some money off this or oh my god it's gonna get me somewhere or i can show off three things that you don't care about it's obvious you have a hit down in your fucking living room bro people who want money don't have a hit down in the living right you care about family (laughs) helping and being positive right if you become that guy, look, I'm going to interview, I'm going to go to California and interview uh, Manolo. Manolo teaches golf thing, doing tremendous. That's a whole lane, right? That's that's the lane that gets you pop quick. He's funny. He has a thing. That's awesome. But we need a surfer that golfs, that used to crush it in different sports and, and, and has different swag and stuff. And we need your lane. Just like there's a lane that they needed for the most positive guy on the internet, that used to get his, the shit beat out of him, that I used to wet the bed when I was 13 years old because I'm dealing with trauma of my dad beating shit out of me, that I used to have identity issues, that I used to have hair issues till I lost my hair, then I got the hair surgery and that didn't work out. And then so many things, <laughs> right? Which is crazy, but they sure. don't prepare us to talk about being vulnerable, to talk about emotions, to talk about stuff. So I get about a thousand DMs a week of parents reaching out to me for everything, right? I get parents reaching out to me, coach, my son just Googled how to commit suicide. What should I do? Coach, my son's a bully. Coach, my son gets bullied. I had a group of parents, uh, this guy, man, reach out to very successful, reach out to me. Coach, the way you connect with kids, man, my son's a junior. I don't, I don't see him anymore. He's with his girlfriend. He's in that. How do I, this is crazy, right? How do I talk to him? I go, this is the easiest thing in the world, bro. Hey, bro, can we talk for a second? Listen, man, what's going on, bro, dude? He goes, I even forgot how to talk like a regular guy. Because we get so caught up in the, hey, hey, oh, you know. And your son is going to get to a point that he's going to be a good-looking dude. He's going to be, I'm telling you, he's going to be 6'4". He's going to have that California thing going, that swag, whatever. If all you do is scold them that, hey, man, look how much I was there for you that I put a hit down in my living room. He don't understand that. No. Right? So that's the twist. But look at the good that I'm doing. And when I started, there wasn't a, a coach HP didn't come to me and go, hey, Hector, you should do a show because everybody hated on me. I'm vlogging in the streets of Miami. I didn't have no Canelo. I didn't have no Steph Curry. I had nobody. All I had was my failures and everybody hating. <coughs> I tell you that because you can do some serious, serious, serious damage, bro. And 
what it's going to do to you too in your soul. It's going to open you up in ways you never thought of. And your reach right now is good. Your reach will become huge, bro. Because once people hear you, all of a sudden, well, we need you to speak to us. And we need you. And then you're now you're a speaker, right? You never thought you're a speaker. So it'll change your whole life, bro. And I ain't, we're going to talk about that after Much this. I'm going to talk about this, okay? Where can people find you? Instagram, surfing golfer, S U R F I N G O L F E R, surfing golfer, one G. There he is. My, my first name's Aaron. My last name's Dexheimer on Facebook. And that's it. And he's, he's going to have a YouTube soon and all the other stuff, dude. All right, man. Hey. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to say body the right way. Hold on. All right. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 